You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. Baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How is it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine. Joining me, as always, my co host, Josh Schaefer who uh, is taking matters into his own hands. He is now gone into the broadcast booth at the Toyota Arena. For what reason, I'm not sure, but I think it has something to do with what we witnessed last night. So, Josh, you're now recording from where you call games. Uh, I don't know if there's a correlation, but you've taken it into your own hands to switch things up for today's show. So, how are things going over there in Ontario this morning? I've decided to live in exile um, in my in, in my new my new home. Um, the broadcast booth here at Toyota Arena. So we are getting ready for opening night. And thank goodness it is tomorrow, um, which is um, good that hockey is now back after what we saw the other night because there will be significantly less entertaining baseball for for me to watch uh, going forward. Uh, but, but yeah, so that's new broadcast location here. I would have tried to do it with the ice in the background, but the angle wasn't great. Um, and the booth is still not completely set up yet. But um, yeah, just uh, just kind of uh, not great from the Dodgers recently. And uh, let's dive into it. Yeah, so we're going to be doing kind of a, a rapid reaction episode right now. We're going to try to get one very soon where we go kind of more in depth on the series, on Game 3 as a whole, where we can talk more about that. So again, so today is going to be more so just immediate reactions, immediate takeaways from last night's loss, from the series loss. So again, if you want to hear all of our thoughts on a lot of decisions that were made, a lot of things that the Dodgers did or didn't do. That's going to be in a future episode, so it's kind of a tease, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But Josh, we had to get this one out this morning because, I I don't know, the game ended, I want to say, what, 13, 14 hours ago, something like that. I thought it might be best to give some time to kind of put my thoughts together a little better, but I'm still in disbelief. I'm in shock. I don't know what we witnessed last night. Luckily for you, you were at the Kings game, so you didn't have to suffer through the entire game, you know, from pitch one to pitch 200, however many pitches there were. You got to watch at least, I think the Kings lost two, right? So you didn't really get to see uh, anything good last night. But the Dodgers season has come to an end. They get swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks 3-0. And the craziest thing, Josh, and this blew my mind, would you like to take a guess as to when the last time the Dodgers got swept in a postseason series was? Because... I was not expecting this when I looked up baseball reference this morning. Let's hear it. 2006 in the NLDS against the Mets, in which I was in fifth grade, I believe. 
you might have been in uh, kindergarten because you're so much younger than me, Josh, but uh, fifth fifth grade uh, was when the Dodgers last got swept. It was in the NLDS to the Mets. I believe that's the series when, like, uh, Paula Duca tagged two guys out at the plate in one play uh, in New York. So it's been 17 years since the Dodgers got swept in a series during this entire run, going back to 2013, when the Dodgers have made the playoffs every single year. They've had some pretty bad eliminations, but they've never been swept. They get swept by the 84-win Arizona Diamondbacks. And Josh, I, I don't know. I mean, we've had some pretty bad postseason exits in years past, but where does this one rank among the worst postseason exits you've seen from this Dodgers team? I mean, it's got to be up there. Um, I mean, what was what was really bad about the 2022 elimination was it was against the Padres. Um, obviously, that rivalry was starting to to brew a little bit. Um, it seems to have really cooled off now, but um, but it was starting to to heat up a little bit. Obviously, the Padres were very vocal about we just want to beat the Dodgers. Like we need to slay the dragon from up north, and like that was their whole thing going into the season. So um, that one obviously stung at the time for Dodger fans. But the other thing that made it worse. I don't know if it made it worse or if it made it better at the time. I think it made it worse, but like the Padres didn't play very well either. They were just as bad as the Dodgers with runners yeah. in scoring position, you know, offensively, they had the big hits, they had the timely hits, the Dodgers had no hits. Um, so that was the difference last year. But realistically, like the statistics between the two teams was not that big of a difference this year. And I mean, no disrespect to the D-backs because the D-backs were a fun team in the regular season. Um, they were really hot to start the year all the way up until literally the day of the all-star break. Um, but I still think going, I mean, you look at when you play a, you know, a, a five game series that really only turns out to be three games. That's a small sample size. But when you look at 162 games, you look and you think the Dodgers were the better team, right. And got completely cold. The reason this one stings is not only is it a three game sweep, uh, but also it's the fact that the Dodgers went into this series pretty hot you know they clinched a long time ago um they they had momentum going in um the d-back sure were, were had won those two games against the brewers um both impressive wins and the way they did it was impressive but they ended the regular season as cold as possible you know um so i think that's another reason why it stings is because i i feel like the d-backs you know they steal a lot of bases they're a fun team to watch um they're they're up and coming still i think um but the reason why it stings is because I didn't think the D-backs were going to be that big of a threat for the Dodgers in the postseason. Um, I, I felt like the Dodgers had no pressure this year. Um, like I said before, like thought they were going to have a deeper postseason run than last year, even though I didn't think they were going to be as good as good of a team. And it right. turned out they were nearly just as good as they were a year ago. But th the reason why this one stings so much is because it's another year of, you know, the stars not getting it done in the postseason, the team completely falling flat, the team having no energy in the postseason, obviously getting swept by a division opponent, but also the way that the starting pitching was with Kershaw, with Bobby Miller, it was all just, it was all just bad. And like, I don't even, I, I don't blame Dave Roberts for it. I just blame, I, I think the blame has to be put on the team just didn't get it done. And this one is up there because I think it was the most like gut wrenching of a performance um, with the way that all three of these games went with the D-backs just totally scoring in bunches. I mean, one inning of runs was all they needed to beat the Dodgers in game three. Um, so, like, that's that's been what's – I mean, again, first inning of game two, you take that inning out, 
and Dodgers could win the game. You take out one inning in game three, the Dodgers could win the game despite being how bad offensively they were. So it's like the way that the D-backs scored their runs, the lack of runners on base for the Dodgers, even the lack of quality at bats. I mean, in every facet of the game, the Dodgers were beat. And the only like silver lining in it was that the that the bullpen was really, really good. But in a way, the D-backs bullpen was just as good. So it's like, yeah. what what facet of the game did the Dodgers excel at? Or did they excel at more than the D-backs did? None. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that you just brought that up because like you said, the bullpen for the Dodgers was phenomenal. I mean, they were as perfect as they could be. But the D-backs bullpen was just as good, maybe if not better. So like you said, the D-backs were better in every facet of the game. And entering this series, you know, we talked about this. It's something that I wrote about. The only thing that concerned me with the D-backs in the series was going to be what they would do once they got on base. Once they got on base, they'd be stealing. I think they were second in all of baseball in steals. I think I, I forget where I heard it. Maybe it was on the TBS broadcast that I think the D-backs had exactly the same number of stolen bases as home runs this season. This was a team that didn't hit for power, that didn't really slug, that didn't do anything. And yet, that's how they won the series, Josh. They, I think, out-homered the Dodgers by a significant amount. I think the Dodgers only had one homer, which came from J.D. Martinez. And mm -hmm. they just looked like the better offense. So it's the fact that, yeah, their starting pitching was great, their bullpen was great, and it was their offense that was great. And it was just a full-on domination from start to finish. The Dodgers never led in any of the 27 innings. They only had a handful of opportunities where they really even felt like they were in the game. We talked about this in our last episode. The Dodgers never really were in game one. They were kind of a little in game two. And then last night, I guess they were kind of in the game when they had the rally late. But for the most part, 85, 90% of the series, the D-backs were in control. And yeah, it, it's just, it blows my mind because again, this was an 84 win team. This was a team that stuck into the playoffs because every other team that was fighting for a wild card spot choked their way out. But they, they just looked like they were the 100-win team. And now for the Dodgers, this is the third straight postseason exit in which they get bounced by a team that has fewer than 90 wins. The perfect the way I perfectly described it, Josh, I don't know how you feel about this, but 2019, when the Dodgers got eliminated by the Nationals, I think that's probably the most painful postseason exit during this run, just because they were six outs away. They were up by two runs at home. 2022, when they lost to the Padres, that was the most embarrassing, just because I think given it was a 111-win team, the Dodgers had dominated the Padres all season long, and the way that series kind of just fell apart, I think that was the most embarrassing. But this series, it like wasn't painful like 2019 because I was kind of expecting the Dodgers to lose, especially after game one and two. It wasn't really embarrassing because like you just said, the D-backs were just the better team. They didn't get out, you know, they didn't lose anything like that. I just think it's the most humiliating just because again, your offense didn't show up. Your starting pitching didn't show up and you got swept for the first time in 17 years against a team that you were 16 games better than. And I think they beat them eight to five in the regular season. So I think it's the most humiliating uh, postseason exit out of this entire decade run for the Dodgers. Yeah. And I mean, I think it was the most frustrating to watch because it was the same thing yeah. over and over again. Like the approach was bad at the plate. I mean, you get a runner on and you're facing a guy that's a fly ball pitcher and on the first pitch ground out into a double play. I mean, that happened what twice last night against a guy whose MO is being a fly ball pitcher. Um, and I, I don't remember if it was, if it was you or somebody else, but somebody texted me like, we're making this kid look like Roy holiday out there. Like, I mean, Boy. just 
they they had their approach at the plate was so bad. And I mean, you look at you look at where the Dodgers rank among all the different teams this year in the postseason. The Dodgers were there were twelve teams in the playoffs, right? Um, yeah, 12, 12 teams. Um, right? Is that how many there were? Twelve. Yeah. Tw- yeah. So twelve tw- at this point. Yeah, twelve. Yeah, half 12 the league teams, almost. Twelve teams. The Dodgers finished eighth in runs scored. They finished ninth in hits. They finished eighth in doubles. They didn't have a triple. Uh, I mean, you just click on every single stat. The Dodgers had one home run. That was eighth just because a couple teams didn't hit any and teams that were out in the wild card too. Um, in terms of RBIs, Dodgers were eighth. In walks, they they didn't walk at all. Uh, in strikeouts, they were uh, bottom four. In stolen bases, like batting average, they were 12th out of 12 teams. They had no approach at the plate. On base yeah. percentage was 10th. Slugging percentage was 9th. OPS was 10th. Like they just offensively were terrible. I mean, absolutely terrible. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman combined to go 0 for 24? 20, 0 for 21. 0 for 21. So te- okay, so technically it's 1 for 21, but I'm not counting that hit that Freddie got. It was an infield single. There was an error. There was ruled a single. So we're not counting it. So 0 for 21, which is... Okay. Still, well, <laughs> 1 for 21 is just as bad. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and that and that just can't happen. And I mean, Mookie said right. it after the game. Like, I didn't do anything to help this team win. And he's right. right. Like, like it's just and, – and it's not only his fault. Somebody else could have picked it up. But, like, guys like Kike came through. J.D. Martinez, you know, came through in, in certain stages. The bullpen came through. But the starting pitching did not get it done. And the offense was the worst I think I've ever seen it. Yeah. And that's the perfect way to describe it, the perfect way to cut us off, because there is so much that we can get to, Josh. I mean, this could be an episode that goes two, three hours where we just hit on each thing, but we don't have time for that now because uh, you're a working man. You got to get ready for the Ontario Reign uh, season opener tomorrow. But like I said at the beginning of the show, this was kind of just a little sample. This was a little appetizer for the main entree that's going to be coming soon. So stay tuned for that because, again, there's a lot to break down. There's We got to talk about the Dodgers offense, the Dodgers starting pitching. Who's to blame for this? Is Dave Roberts on the hot seat? What decisions were made in Game 3? Where did the Dodgers go moving forward? So there's a lot of different things that we got to talk about still. But again, stay tuned for a future episode. Make sure you guys find us on social media, at Inside the Ravine, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that kind of fun stuff. Josh, before we uh, part with this little appetizer, any uh, quick final thoughts? Well, because we haven't, you and I have been trying to work out when we're doing this this episode within the next couple of days. Um, So just to get this in while we still can... um, I'm curious, how far do you think the Arizona Diamondbacks go? Because this is an absolute slugfest between the Braves and the Phillies. I feel like the Phillies have the edge, but then game four is going to happen and the Braves could win and that could change everything. So regardless of who comes out of that series, how, I guess, impressed have you been with the Diamondbacks and how far, I'm not saying, oh, are they going to win the World Series, but like legitimately, what are the Diamondbacks' chances in your opinion? I think whoever they play, that series is going to be over in five, and the D-backs are going to lose, where even though the D-backs were the better team than the Dodgers this series, we, we talked about this. If the Dodgers get a couple hits with runners in scoring position, they win game two, they win game three. Josh, we said last show, if the Dodgers get three hits with runners in scoring position, they win game three. They finished with two. Austin Barnes came up with the chance to be that third hit to cut the lead to one or maybe tie the game. He didn't deliver. So, although the D-backs did dominate the three-game series, 
this is a series that Dodgers theoretically could be up two to one right now if they just make a couple of hits. So I think the D-backs, they might be able to get a win, but based on how the Phillies are looking right now, uh, or even if the Bra- I mean, if the, Bra- if the Phillies win, they're going to be right and hot. They're going to have home field advantage. They're going to be tough to beat. Or if it's the Braves, well, they're, that means they just came, you know, from behind in the series and they're going to have the momentum. So I think, yeah, whoever the D-backs play, I'll give the other team five. I'll, I'll give the D-backs one win. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong in the D-backs sweeping our World Series bound. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's tough to say because I feel like I'm in that boat where I think it's either going to be Phillies or Braves. What's weird, though, the Braves have played three games so far this postseason. They've only scored seven runs. They're down 2-1 in the series. The Phillies and the D-backs have both played five games. They've had to because they were in the wild card series. The D-backs have scored 30 runs and hit 13 bombs, which is insane, in five games. And the Phillies, also in five games, have hit 10 home runs and scored 28 runs. I feel like I would love to see those teams go head-to-head because I feel like the Phillies are the team that has more firepower overall. But the D-backs, man, like, the D-backs have gotten it done. And it hasn't just been in this series against the Dodgers. They got it done against the Brewers, too. So I'm I'm, I'm hoping we get a Phillies-D-backs series because I think that that would be fun. Um, but either way, like, I, think, I think the D-backs will – end the postseason in this next round regardless of who they play but i think it goes yeah i, I think it goes I, I think it's a pretty deep series for the dodgers sake i hope the d-backs put up a fight and they're able to at least look, look like a competitive team and they don't get bounced in four or five games and you're thinking man that's the team we lost to so yeah phillies d-backs would be fun but yeah, the, the way phillies looking right now like, yeah i mean the only thing like the trend that we keep seeing before last year was that the team that eliminates the dodgers wins the world series um, and that obviously didn't happen last year. Um, but this year, like I, I see that not happening again. Like, I just don't, and, and I mean, no disrespect to the, the, to the D backs. I don't think they win the world series, but I feel right. like I'd kind of like to see them make a run for it. Cause it would make, I think Dodgers fans, I think Dodgers fans would not like it, but I think it would make them maybe feel a little bit better if the D backs went on. Right. A run. Also, right. I think, I just feel like Dodgers fans would want to see both the Braves and the Phillies go out before the D-backs. Like, I just, I don't know why I have that feeling. Cause those, those like late two thousands series against the Phillies are still like fresh in my mind watching those growing up. So I don't know. We'll see what we get from the D-backs. Yeah. It, again, it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do in the next round. So stay tuned for that. Again, stay tuned for our next episode. Whenever that comes, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. Make sure you follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Odyssey app. That way, whenever we post that episode, you guys are going to be notified because there's a lot to say. I got personally a lot to say. That's why I made sure to kind of hold back in this episode because I wanted to save it for that one. I'm sure Josh has a lot he has to say as well. So again, we got a full breakdown of the entire thing coming, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whenever it's coming, hopefully soon, but stay tuned for that. But for Josh Safer, this has been Blake Harris. Thank you guys as always so much for listening. We wish we uh, would have been talking about a, a freaking win, but... Hey, there, there's always next year, Josh, right? One there's win. always next year. Just one win, man. Just one win. Hey, at, at some point we'll get it, but not this year. So, again, we hope you guys enjoyed the rest of your week, wherever you may be. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. 
Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.